What if I told you a trans feminine identifying student thrived at an all boys school, one of the most well respected, popular, and athletic students at the school, a school ruled by athletics, camaraderie, brotherhood, and unity? To many outsiders looking in, how the hell would she have felt at home with a sense of belonging in this hyper masculine setting? Today, We'll be going in-depth about this story and how one student defied societal stereotypes and succeeded at an all-boys school, despite what most would have thought. Adding on to this topic at a larger scale, what makes any type of student at an all-boys school feel this sense of belonging in family-like relationships? Why do students at all-boys schools always talk about each other as one collective unit? Why do they wear the same clothes? Do certain people fit the brotherhood mold and some not? If you talk to anyone who attended these schools, The Brotherhood is the epitome of one's experience at these elite institutions. It is the foundation of these schools and their success. But how is it created in the student body every year? Tune in today and find out. Welcome to today's episode of Redefining Masculinity, and we are your hosts for this discussion. My name's Liam O'Connell, and I use he, him pronouns. I am from Bedford, New Hampshire, and I'm a junior at Colby, majoring in education and minor in economics. And I also play basketball at Colby. And my name's David Stewart. I also use he, him pronouns. I'm from Annapolis, Maryland, and I'm a sophomore here at Colby, majoring in uh, English and minoring in education. And uh, on top of that, I also play basketball at Colby. And my name is Andrew Amtreas, and I'm a senior at Colby College studying architecture and use he, him pronouns. We are all student researchers at Colby who have been working with Professor Adam Howard to research the elitism that is fostered at all boys elite academic institutions. And in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the idea of belonging at these types of schools with the critical question of how does a student develop a belonging at an all boys school? So before we jump into today's conversation, we wanted to introduce exactly how we got into the realm of researching elite education. Yeah, for me personally, I joined the research team two years ago and have been studying all-boys schools the past five semesters at Colby. And throughout the research process, we've learned a ton through conducting many interviews, learning how to code, and also how to critically analyze uh, all the participants' responses. Recently, we've started a TikTok account called Sex Ed for Guys, in which we provide content on healthy forms of masculinity, sexual consent, relationship advice, and we've even talked about abortion rights. We think it's important to let our listeners know our commitment to this research and the extensive knowledge that we've gained from the past few years to be able to talk about these concepts and ideas. In today's episode, we plan on talking about the general idea of belonging in these types of elite schools and examine closer a success story of a transgender woman who had an extremely positive experience. The key question as stated before, how does a student develop a belonging at an all-boys school? To begin looking at this process, we have to introduce the concept of inclusion at these schools. How does inclusion create an idea of brotherhood at elite all-boys schools? You really have to look at the home-like feel of schools that represent family bonds, which is a huge proponent of inclusion. Schools can produce this through service trips or self-reflection trips that establish deeper connections and emotional bonds. Because of the resources all-boys schools have, activities like this are unique to elite all-boys schools and cannot be emulated in regular day-to-day school settings. So naturally, these bonds reach a certain level of friendship that can be equated to family. So with that being said, what do we think is the deeper meaning behind having close family-like bonds? The big takeaway from family-like bonds is that it creates loyalty to the brotherhood and instills the value of collectivity in schools. Along with that, students can relate each other's success to their connection within the brotherhood and being one functioning unit as a school above all. 
Yeah, so let's take a look at a great example of loyalty to the Brotherhood in holding each other accountable. So throughout our research, one school developed a My Brother's Keeper card. This is a card that students use to contact the school in times of need and to help your brother in bad situations. This system was developed in one of the schools after incidents that occurred in and outside the school. So these cards essentially provided insurance for one of your brothers to have each other's back in a time of need. The idea behind this is to create constant loyalty and advance the notion of collectivity at these schools. The collective unit ideology is ingrained in the student body. So for the brotherhood to gain its legs, traditions like the My Brother's Keeper card propels the unison of the school's students. And this leads us right into our next idea that contributes to belonging, which is going to be comfortability. This also plays a significant factor in the belonging of these students at these institutions. Yeah, so the comfortability students feel allows them to let their guard down. With only males at this school, this allows for students to be very authentic to the people around them and not put on any sort of facade. The aspect of comfortability is another example of feeling like you're at home, which is the environment these schools try and foster. Exactly right. Students were allowed to be emotionally vulnerable because they were around people who shared extremely close relationships and who faced hardships together. They all went on service trips together, self-reflection trips, sports games, long nights in dorms, all these factors of comfortability that made it a lot easier to be accepted into the brotherhood. Most students will find themselves within the boundaries of campus norms, the ideas that create uniform thinking among the student body. Unified thinking in the student body is a main ingredient in creating the idea of collective belonging for students. Exactly. The entire idea in these schools is for everyone to represent this one idea of how to represent the school together, meaning that disunity is a major threat to collective belonging. The students who think, dress, and act outside of the Brotherhood's core values take away from collective belonging. This collective belonging implies, although not all students may share the same close relationships, there's still a sense of brotherhood and a collective cohesive unit that is above oneself. With a sense of collective belonging comes a natural sense of uniformity among the student body. How exactly is uniformity advantageous to this idea of collective belonging? Well, the way I look at it, uniformity causes everyone to feel the same, so the brotherhood stands above everything and is greater than any oneself. The commitment to your brothers shows excellence of character. It is less about individuality and more about working together as a unit to create this idea of excellence. Yeah, no doubt. A more literal sign of uniformity on these types of campuses are school uniforms. They are meant to erase the status and class differences. However, uniforms can act as a facade for complete inclusion in the sense that administrators are trying to make everyone look the same. That's a super interesting point. Can we look a little more in depth about this idea of uniformity? Yeah, so schools are made up of students from numerous different class statuses. These uniforms act as a disguise to these differences, even though they still exist. So essentially, it is an inorganic creation of uniformity. All boys' schools deem the uniforms as the only acceptable form of clothing. It does not allow for individuality. It makes students conform to one homosocial dominant culture, which is essentially white. For example, what if an inner-city student may not feel comfortable conforming into the ideals that this is the only way to dress? Unfortunately, at these schools, students can't express themselves and dress outside of the uniform. Uniformity takes away from an individual, but progresses collective belonging and cohesiveness for the school's interest. Now that we've analyzed some factors of belonging at all-boys schools, let's take a look at an interesting example that demonstrates this idea of collective belonging. The question at hand, is it possible for a trans-feminine student to thrive at an all-boys school? Specifically, we're going to be looking at a student we will call Amy, and her experience at one of these institutions. Amy came from a co-ed high school and had nothing but a horrible experience in her time there. Despite that negative start to her high school experience, Amy had nothing but good things to say about her remaining experience at an elite all-boys school. 
Now, it's important to know that Amy didn't come out during her time at an all-boys school. So in her interviews, she stated that she didn't want to change her experience at all while attending the school. And she knew that coming out as trans feminine would jeopardize her perfect experience. However, Amy did say that she thought she'd ultimately be accepted by her community at her all-boys school, but she didn't fully want to risk coming out. Amy confided in some of her closest friends about her identity and received lots of support from them, but it wasn't something that she was ready to announce until after graduating. She was very popular and well-known around her campus and was accepted by all of her peers. In addition to her popularity, she was also a highly recruited Division I football player that had developed very close bonds with her teammates. Similarly, in the classroom, she maintained good grades and developed relationships with her classmates and teachers. Her presence was well-known on campus as she was an intricate part of the school's community. Analyzing this data, we can draw parallels between Amy's experience and author Tracy Brower's definition of belongingness. Brower states that belonging is the feeling of connectedness to a group or community. It's the sense that you're part of something. You feel attached, close, and thoroughly accepted by your people. Further explaining that for one to truly feel a sense of belonging, you must feel unity and a common sense of character with and among members of your group. This definition from Brower really captures the essence of Amy's belonging at her all-boys school. In Amy's time at the all-boys school, she felt a strong connection to the student body, both on the field and in the classroom, and this led to her appraised social status. Her success as an athlete and positive reputation on campus really made it easy for her to be accepted into the school and feel as though she belonged to the Brotherhood. How did this belonging for Amy be means for such great success? Well, Andrew, I think the family-like bonds created a belongingness where any student could feel comfortable. Connecting with teammates and classmates fosters an upper social status because of the intricate connection to the Brotherhood. And when somebody shows loyalty and commitment to the Brotherhood and they're successful, they're rewarded forever. A part of this social popularity for Amy was from a popular ongoing joke that served as an alter ego. She was sneaking around campus playing meme-type games with students, recording the interactions, and bringing joy to not only students but faculty throughout the campus. She felt as though she belonged to the school's brotherhood and was praised and uplifted by her classmates for her contributions to this idea. Along with her alter ego, Amy had close relationships with friends where they would have meaningful conversations where everyone was emotionally available and vulnerable. So looking at her experience as a whole, her success within the Brotherhood socially, athletically, and academically was really sparked by her comfortability to express emotions around her brothers. This in turn fostered her sense of belongingness at her school and led to an extremely memorable experience. And I think this is a really important story because many people would not have guessed the results of her experience. While she definitely had a close group of friends and was popular on campus, I think it all relates back to her identity as a football player. So to wrap things up here, we wanted to pose a discussion question related to not only Amy's story, but one that relates to all those who are involved with elite all-boys schools. That question is, can you succeed within the Brotherhood without being an athlete? I do believe that if you are a student in an elite all-boys school, that you can contribute in ways other than being an athlete, like if you're on the debate team or the robotics team. But the reality is, in my opinion, it's not going to be the same as if you're on a basketball court or a football field. People just aren't going to be as accepting. Yeah, so the way I see it, with the majority of students at these schools being athletes, I would say it's a lot easier uh, to adopt the idea of brotherhood as being part of a sports team. However, I do feel that non-athletes can find success if they contribute to the idea of the brotherhood that's established at their schools in other ways other than athletics. Uh, So, for example, students in the arts and theater department can be as successful if they're willing to contribute to the ideas of brotherhood at their school. So with that being said, do you think Amy would have had a completely different experience as a non-athlete? 
I would have to say definitely. Uh, I think that her identity within the Brotherhood as a football player gave her the platform to showcase her alter ego and have it spread throughout her campus. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think without the football team to express her personality and let her guard down, she probably would have not been as popular, and she would not have the same success or comfortability without a sports team to confide in. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think being an athlete provides such an important foundation to being accepted into the Brotherhood and gain that sense of belonging. So without sports, it's definitely more of a battle to acquire these bonds and acceptance into the Brotherhood. If you enjoyed listening to us, please make sure to check out the larger project that we've been working on called Privileged Brotherhoods by Adam Howard at privilegebrotherhoods.org. Thanks for listening.